The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. Do you hear that, Ern? The Leaky Cauldron. Just go! You're wasting time! Welcome to Pottercast, your number one source for news, theories, discussion and interviews with people from the Potter books and films. I know a small amount myself having written the books. My name is Jakey Running. I am now happy to introduce your hosts, Melissa, John and Brack. Nice to know what episode number it is. I know. It's Pottercast 289. Do you know how I know that? We keep track. <laughs> it, well, it's been less than a year since we recorded the last one. <laughs> yes, that's true. We, it's true. <laughs> it's been less than a month. It's been less than a month. It's, we can't keep beating this dead festival. I'm going to call it early. We're in a swing. It's Pottercast 289. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love it. We're back. I'm Melissa. And I'm John. And I'm Frankie. And you're listening to the Harry Potter podcast that is always striving to become regular. <laughs> We're taking our fiber. Like a gross old person situation here. Not gross. Necessary. This is a this is a good episode. This is a good episode because we are rejiggering the show. We have been rejiggering the show for a while, and now it's starting to pay off. So we actually have a structure for the first time in quite a bit. Oh my god! Can we tell you what's going to happen? Can we tell you what is what is going to happen? Inside podcast baseball here. There's an outline, guys. There's an outline. Everybody just <laughs> let's just give it. to I don't them. know don't... if we want to betray the fact that we haven't been outlining. Let's just show it. We don't need to tell it. Let's just I, show I wanna, them how I good we can do. I want to posit that they know. No, we haven't been outlining. I just want to put that out there. I mean, yeah, when we just sit here and ramble for 90 minutes and there's no beginning to end to anything, I think they, they're on to us. It might be what we've been doing. <laughs> Some of the best Pottercast moments happen because we don't outline. But okay. Uh, that's true. Here is what we have planned for this Pottercast. All right. What's coming up? We're bringing back Emma. Emma from the Licky Cauldron News is going to... Tell us what's going on in the Harry Potter world. Yeah, yeah. Properly. Excellent. From somebody who knows all about it. We are going to talk about the Fantastic Beast 3 release date. That's coming up in our main little section here. Yeah. Okay. And we're going to address what we've been doing with our reread. As you guys know, we <laughs> have been trying to <laughs> read the whole Harry Potter books and talk about it for a while, but we've been struggling. No, we've been, we've been rereading on our other podcast. <laughs> They have just people just haven't figured out what that link is to download it. So if you want to listen true. to the chapter by chapter, that's on the other uh, <laughs> podcast that chapter. we put out. That's on Cast and Potter. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. But on this on this podcast, we've been um, trying to find our own way to do this in 2019 on this particular mm. podcast. What is the right way to readdress the Harry Potter books? We're going to mm. start treating this audience like an advanced. Harry Potter fan, a hardcore Harry Potter fan, because that's what you are. Yes. You've read the books. <laughs> you know what happens. Well, I mean, yeah, if you're listening to us at this point, you've been around for a while with us. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably true. What we do best isn't necessarily go piece by piece and go through and discuss everything that's happened. What we do best is look at it from the advanced Harry Potter eye, advanced Harry Potter fan eye, and take it from there. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to do, do instead of a reread is a relook 
instead of doing a reread of the series, we're going to be going um, a couple of chapters at a time and discussing the things that are still unanswered, that still leave us with more questions or are wanting detail. We're going to look mm-hmm. at two or three chapters from the series per episode and go into deep connections, head cannons, unanswered mm. links, things that inspire further conversation. It's like canon but the but for the whole series. Oh, that sounds like fun. For the new listener, what's a canon conclundrum? Yeah, that's what we did. That's what we do best is like the theorizing and the kind of like breaking it down and trying to find how it connects to the story as a whole. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just so much fun to do. So yeah. now it's kind of like giving us, it was such an interesting little like pivot you guys figured out of like, why don't we just do this? And we're like, it seems so, seems so obvious. Why haven't we done this before? So I'm very excited to try to start. Well, it's just, it's usually what ends up happening anyhow. Because <laughs> it's true, we aim to be like, oh, we'll just f-ing do like a little chunk for every chapter of every one of these seven books, and then they're like, you know what? That's a hell of a lot of chunks. They're not all very interesting, and we end up just talking about what we want to talk about anyway. So that's true. You know what? I was just thinking, like, if you were to sort our reread situation, like, what house quality <laughs> would you say <laughs> our rereads are? Because they're not necessarily Ravenclaw. I think it's Ravenclaw. You think so? Okay. I think we're interested in the more esoteric pieces of it. Yeah, I would say it's the weird Ravenclaw, though. Yes, it's the Luna yeah. Ravenclaw. No, but then there's also the Slytherin part because it's fun for us. We get attention because people listen to us talk about Harry Potter. So that's kind of like very peacocky of us, too. So there's Slytherin to it as well. But then we do put the hard work is in. Is that a Slytherin thing or is that a Gryffindor thing? Ooh. Oh, the, the, I was thinking the vanity of the intellect is what I was thinking because it's a podcast, and so like mm. in my head you can see that just shows my bias already. Slytherin, but which house is more vain? Gryffindor. That just shows my bias. I thought it's Gryffindor yeah. was, but Slytherin too. Like let's be honest, Slytherin both, see, too. But, there's, but... So yeah, those two houses are very similar in that regard. In the in the fact that they both have pomp, you know, but their circumstances are different. Hmm. I'm so glad we've gone down a sorting hole because for if you are a patron, if you support the show at one of our top yep. two tiers, we okay. are going to be doing an extra segment for you with every episode that's only going on the Patreon feed. It's the beginning of a lot of extra content that we're going to eventually put on the Patreon feed where we're going to sort someone, something, somebody, whether Harry Potter or not. Yes. Yeah, Frankie's finally getting his sorting segment, but you have to be a Patreon subscriber to to listen to it. You know what would be funny is like we like randomly sorted one podcast like fan slash listener uh every week or like they just called in and like we ask them questions about their life and like who they are and then we just kind of judge them immediately. Sort yourself, get sorted. Yeah. <laughs> no, I wouldn't want to do that. You have to meet someone in person to to see if you can sort them. No, why? What if we upset their whole self view? I think that would be like even more fun. No, see, it's more fun to me. Like, let's start Star Lord. Let's sort Gamora. Like that kind of stuff. That's what I'm well, saying. We can certainly That's the kind do of thing. that too. Okay, so so that that is relook. It's going to start in the next episode because we've got enough going on this week. We're also introducing a mischief segment. Um, the company that runs LeakyCon and and all these other cons, 
that I run is called Mischief Management, and I cannot tell you how hard it is to get anybody to stop talking about Harry Potter. We talk about Harry Potter <laughs> consistently all the time, and we decided to to record some of it. Yeah. I mean, like, you're probably already paying these folks to talk about Harry Potter on the clock anyway, so you might as well get a little content out of it. This is an attempt to recapture opportunity costs. This is pure yeah, economics exactly. right here no uh we are gonna ca- honestly what happens is that you you walk into a room and you hear this amazing deep and and very detailed discussion happening and you think we need to put this on pottercast and so that's what we're gonna do we're gonna have a mischief segment every week <laughs> every episode are you gonna be in it no you guys have me enough around here oh this is true we are also having a mailbag segment this week mailbag oh my gosh we got some mail we got some comments from some of our friends on the tweets oh good and we're gonna talk about their questions all right uh, i can't wait to hear all the news or all the the mailbags nice all the all the mail <laughs> all the mailbags that's what's happening this week. whatever the hell it is why don't we go find out what's happening in harry potter news world with emma and now we turn to regular contributor for an update on how the new wizarding order is affecting the muggle world. Welcome, it's Emma's News. I'm Melissa. I'm here with Emma, who runs the Leaky Cauldron. Hello! Emma's going to be our goddess of news, coming in and telling <laughs> us everything that's going on in the Harry Potter world. How is it over there in England? I like that, yeah. I like goddess of news. <laughs> it's pretty crazy, yeah. It's 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 nice. It's It's warming up a little bit, but... I'm still sitting here, like, in a hoodie, freezing, so. Here, too. New York's nuts. It's like February out here. <laughs> I guess it's, like, same sort of level, so, yeah. All right, Emma, hit me. What's going on in the Harry Potter world? Harry Potter news. Okay, right. So, first, I want to talk about how old I'm going to be when Fantastic Beasts comes out, because, I mean, it's not coming out anytime soon, um, as we heard yesterday or recently. How old will you be? I'm going to be, I think I'm going to be 25, nearly 26, because it comes out in November and then January, I think I'll be 26. So that is, I mean, it's nearly three years away. So to me, that sounds like ages away. <laughs> yeah, it's November 12th, 2021. Yeah. And that is a whole year after when we thought it was going to be coming out. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, well, and, and there was like no explanation, basically, just like, oh, we're giving them a bit more time. Everyone wanted that, really. Yeah. But then is the excitement going to hold up? I don't know. I'm sure it will. So John, Frankie and I are really going to get into yes. it. Give me your take, though. Do you think the excitement can sustain it? I think if they do some other stuff in between, like, I mean, people are excited about a TV show. Right. I don't know how realistic that one is. But I mean, the ride's coming out. And I mean, there's so much actor stuff nowadays. We have like a weekly roundup that we do. Uh, we publish it on Sundays. And that's just like chock-a-block full of actors news. But... Uh, something that I'm really excited about is that magical, cre- the Hagrid's magical creatures motorbike adventure, the new ride coming out in Florida. Yes, it's coming out in June, but I don't know how soon I'm going to get to see it. But I, I will definitely travel across the pond just for that. <laughs> you must. What do we know about it so far? So we didn't know a lot until recently, like officially. But now we know, I think it's four or five creatures. Okay. Uh, one of them isn't actually a creature. So we've got. Fluffy, who's going to appear on the ride, which yeah. obviously if it's a ride about Hagrid, then Fluffy's got to be there. Um, Cornish Pixies, which I wouldn't associate them with Hagrid, but I mean, it's a magical creatures ride, so. Sure. Yeah, why not? Uh, Devil's Snare, which, I mean, it's not a creature, but. <laughs> but it's like, it's, 
it could be it could be everywhere so it's useful yeah yeah i mean there's meant to be like a drop i think that could be the drop you never know mm, maybe there's centaurs as well obviously um but then the last one was a brand new creature never before seen in films um, and it's caused a lot of controversy because everyone's like, this isn't how it's meant to look. <laughs> Obviously, like, all the book nerds are coming out. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and it's a blast-ended screw. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen it. Yeah. So, when I saw this picture, I have... I play a game called Dark Souls, which is the hardest video game there is. <laughs> it's meant to be the hardest video game there is. It's very, very hard. And the bosses are these big, weird, ugly-looking things with faces, or sometimes not a face, or sometimes <laughs> thousands of faces. And this really—I thought it was a dragon exactly. school, a dragon, a Dark Souls yes. boss. I was like, "This is a Dark Souls character." Wait a second. Oh wait, no, it's a blast yes. and it's fruit. It looks. I always got the idea that they look like pale gray lobsters. Yeah, I mean, they're meant to be like pale, I think. Yeah. And shiny, it's maybe? Shiny. I, I feel like I feel rem- shiny. Yeah, shiny armor. That was it. Um, but this picture, this- it looks like it's been crisped. It looks like a marshmallow that's, that's yeah. been over a fire. Yeah, I don't know what age this one is at. Like, obviously, as I get older, they look a bit different. But I don't feel like we ever saw, like, volcano-looking no, no. creatures. <laughs> They look like charred. Yeah, like yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, if you're gonna have a an animal that explodes on itself frequently. Yeah, I mean visually, it makes more sense. Like burning, stinging, and biting. I feel like I would get that vibe from this, and maybe not like a shiny lobster, yeah. but <laughs> it looks like it looks like a mix between a crab, a volcano, and a scorpion. Yes. Yeah, and I guess that makes sense. Like blast ended scroots, that is technically what they are. So. And then later this year, we have no idea when, but Wizards Unite is going to come out worldwide. Um, it's already debuted in New Zealand, uh, but oh. obviously not everyone lives in New Zealand. So. Are people liking it? Do we have any reports? It's got mixed reviews because it's still in like the beta stage. It's it, There's a lot of like looping music and stuff still needing to be worked out but it looks like it's going to be really good i mean what i really like about pokemon go which is obviously like niantic's like companion game i guess to this one is the community sort of aspect of it like with the raids and stuff and it sounds like they're going to be doing that with this game as well so it'd be really nice to see people going out like they do with pokemon go and all playing the game together like oh i love that idea (laughs) i'm in i'm fully in just in case people don't know, Wizard Unites is the Pokemon Go for Harry Potter. So you find Harry Potter characters in the world, in the real world. Yes. And through your phone. This is a perfect integration. Yes. I sort of go back and forth on Pokemon Go, but for Harry Potter, I'm going to be playing forever. RIP, my phone's battery. I know. <laughs> I mean, I play Pokemon Go now. My friends all got me into it, but this is just going to like ruin my phone. I'm sorry, phone. <laughs> Oh. And then we've got the Dark Arts light show at Hollywood Studios as well. So on the other side of the US, um, we got to go to a premiere in April and see the new light show, which is all like Dark Arts themed. There's a like medley of the soundtrack and everything and this huge mm-hmm. moment at the end, which I'm going to class it as a spoiler just because it's such like a big moment. But there's loads of videos on Leaky. So if you don't... That's when they kill an audience member, right? Yeah. Wait, yes. Yeah. That is definitely what happens. The Death Eaters <laughs> come out and yeah, it's pretty tragic, but 
Listen, one person a night, it's fine. <laughs> Plenty of people over time. It's just one every night. I'm so excited about Wizards United. I can't stand it. I know. There's the theme park. And I know. <laughs> everything's cool. But this stupid little game on my phone. Yeah. Is, It'll keep us going. I like, yeah, I need to have something to do with my hands at all times. Mm-hmm. So that's, this is, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so bad, though, because it's like all times, like while you're working, you could just have it open next to you. Like, oh, there's another creature. Like, oh, there's a, I think there's like Dementors that swarm around and stuff like that. Like, oh, oh, I'm going to be addicted to it. It's exciting. I hate it already. <laughs> we'll see you next week for Emma's new segment. Official name. Yes. Goddess Did of we news. have an official name for this before? Uh, it was like leaky news, Emma's news, general news. Yeah. We'll call it <laughs> Emma's news for now. We'll see the, if the perfect name it's us but thank you emma thank you see you next week see ya all right so guys what's so what's happening this week fantastic beast 3 is not coming out until november 12th 2021 they're delaying it for a whole year that's that's pretty huge yeah that's very telling i don't think this has ever happened with these movies not with harry potter not the harry potter movies Oh, I just, I I meant to say, you know, in the context of the movies that we care about. H- hasn't there been any of them to get delayed? The Harry Potter ones? No. I think there was some... What about six? I think movie... Th- no, three got, like, it, it didn't... It was the first one to to bump off the one every other once every other year schedule or once every year rather yes that's what it was it was november 2001 Mm -hmm. november 2002 and then they didn't release one in 2003 they released Mm. one in 2004 2005 wow their schedule was crazy for these now that you think about it yeah they did did, i don't think they put one out in 2000 i think i've got it wrong Anyway, um, there was definitely November 2001 and November 2002, and then November 2004. I mean, uh, June 2004 was when uh, Prisoner of Azkaban came out. Yeah. And then 2005 was Goblet of Fire, because that's when we were podcasting. Yeah. Remember the premiere in November of 2005? Bree is reminding me that 6 got delayed because we made this big video reaction to it on YouTube about how all like upset we were. Yeah, yeah, it was. They announced in 2008. Eight that it was delayed until 2009 five was in 2007 because it was the same as the, the year as the book and everybody was very mm-hmm. oh that's right you know, i remember like, that. oh the book yeah. and the movie all in one blah 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 and then the next one was 2009 and then obviously the last one then there was 2010 and the last one was 2011 because that's when i met you guys oh my gosh was it really that recent I met you guys. I met you guys um, when you guys went to see. Maybe because you stayed at my place when you went to see the fifth uh, or the fourth one. Okay, yeah, that's right. That's right. The premiere. It's right. Don't you remember the movie five premiere? How could you forget the movie five premiere in L.A.? <laughs> oh, that was fun. It was our favorite one. Super fun. That was the one where we got all of the best interviews, right? Because we had like the best <laughs> spot on the carpet. We were next to Telemundo, so. You know, it was perfect. We were right next to the door, right as they were all walking in, so we got to look at everybody as they went by. Yeah. It was awesome. What um, so what the hell's going on here? We need a whole other year to do what? Like, I don't. This is the question. Why? Well, okay. So the, it did really bad domestically. This movie. Mm-hmm. It was something like 150 million domestically. Which, oh, I mean, when you think about how much money is like how much profit, like they made a hundreds of millions of dollars and it's still considered a horrible result like 653 million globally is 
considered okay for I mean, a movie like this. So let's just yeah. keep it all in perspective. Um, however, the reviews were bad and it did bad domestically. Yeah. Why do we think like, you know, it did so bad domestically? Is it a matter of marketing? Like, I think it did bad domestically because of the, the pacing of the story. Every The only people I've spoken with who's liked it have been more my more I kind of agree a gr- more Harry Potter forward friends any of my casual friends who like oh I like the movies they're like oh that was hard to follow like they 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 they, right. they had something weird to say about it for something like this you need people to be coming out of it going that was so great you got to go see it and when you don't have a, 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 a you know 21 movies like Marvel or you don't have seven blockbusting books to prop it up then mm-hmm. you don't have that kind of like head of steam. And I don't think that I just, they couldn't build the head of steam with this one. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, Wait, what, what, what are you not saying, Frankie? <laughs> I was just saying like the culture is changing so quick these days that mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Johnny Depp did have an effect on that a yeah. little bit. You know what I mean? Because, and mm-hmm. the fact that what the, the audience would have forgiven Johnny Depp, if the movie like hit them on an emotional level, the, the movie they no one connected with characters. I agree, and so and that's a that's a hard sell for audiences, and so like that's what the, why the Avengers movies do so great is because it's not superheroes; it's a movie about people who are superheroes, and so like they right. make they sure to have those human connections in every movie, and this one it was all about plot. Versus yeah. character, and I think that fell through the cracks to most general audiences because they walked out not knowing who to care for and what's going on. It was a little muddled emotionally, in my opinion. I completely agree with that, and it's like it ha- he has a similar effect that um, that happens in a lot of political, in a lot of elections. It's not so much that you dislike the person in it, but you're not excited about them, and that dampens turnout, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. whether or not you think he's he should be Grindelwald or whatever it sort of had a like eh, effect effect on it all yeah um that dampened enthusiasm that dampened the whole aura around it and you can't it can't be that you don't give people something to be angry about it has to be that you give them something to be excited about and I just don't know that we Mm -hmm. got that like maybe they were relying too heavily on the idea of it being a Harry Potter movie and, and that covering all sorts of extraneous plot the way it did for the first for the eight the first eight movies because we were going by the books yeah Yeah, and even talking about like the plot stuff like i had to explain to multiple friends that no she's not rewriting the canon like that was the buzz around like the casual words like oh she's just changing all her stories she's just changing everything and like that's not the case but that's the impression You know what I mean? And so, like, because the story was kind of muddled and it didn't really kind of stick those emotional beats, people didn't care about the technical stuff that happened. And so it became like, oh, she's just changing stuff. And so then it became easily to dismiss then because then it's like, oh, what does it matter? Like, the story loses some of its credibility because of this perception of its, like, I don't know. Like, I had so many friends. I had to be like, no, she's not. She did this. Like, I'm like, oh, okay. You shouldn't have to. Yeah. I mean, like, it's... 
And like, I loved, yeah. I mean, I'm fine. I'm still like a, I really love J.K. Rowling still. It's just, I don't think this was a great story um, or a great way to tell the story. Well, talking about the money for a second. So 200, uh, 150, uh, it's, it, we're talking about 800 million and it was a 200 million. So they made 600 million. But the prop, the problem is not so much that they only profited 600 million. It's that if this doesn't rebound, you can't make these movies for less than 200 million. So if it goes from a 600 million profit to a 300 million profit to a 100 million profit, you might end up losing money on them by the end. Mm -hmm. So, so how will that work? You can't not spend $200 million on a fantastic beast movie and you've got three more left to make. That's $600 million. If you don't, if you don't, if it goes from profiting 600 million and doesn't rebound and doesn't have excitement, you're going to see a sharp, sharp, sharp decline from two to three the yeah. same way has happened for many other film franchises over the years. Yeah. yeah. I have um, opening weekend and total gross numbers in front of me, which I thought was kind of interesting. Because mm-hmm. uh, we've, we've already said that this is the weakest uh, performance of uh, all of the 10 uh, J.K. Rowling Wizarding World category films here. Um, it, looking at uh, the opening weekend for Crimes of Grindelwald, $62 million. The nearest one opening weekend to that um, is uh, the previous Fantastic Beasts, which was $74 million. The nearest to that, uh, Half-Blood Prince and Order of the Phoenix both had $77 million. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Deathly Hallows Part 2, the most recent one before Fantastic Beasts, was uh, $169 million. But yeah. that's at the height. It's basically like their their end game, you know, comparison for the Harry Potter series. What what was Chamber of Secrets and Prisoner of Azkaban? Do you have that? So Chamber of Secrets 88 million. So there you go. The second Harry Potter movies coming off of 90 million from Sorcerer's Stone. And that came out before the fifth Harry Potter book came out. So the 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 the, the it was not at its at its height, the phenomenon. Mm-hmm. So that's a sophomore, right? It's the sophomore slump. Well, Chamber of Secrets came out in 02. Yeah, I know. Yeah. The fifth book came out in 03. And so the oh. fandom was building, but it wasn't to the pitched hysteria that we got in 2007. And so if that did 88 million then, and it was a second movie that most people say wasn't, you know, the best of the Harry Potter movies. And this one's yeah. only doing 60 something. So I just looked up Crazy Rich Asians, which was also part of Warner Brothers 2018. And it spent 30 million and made 238. So you're talking about like, Eight times as much. Yes, as it, please as make it, more. Oh, that movie was so much fun. And yes, please make more. But just shows you what the world, you know, the world is is changing. And if that's the yeah. kind of margin, if that's the kind of movie that can make that kind of money and that, that kind of return. Well, I mean, it's because of character and connection mm-hmm. and relatability. Mm-hmm. Like that, that, uh, that movie had, it was based off a book and had a huge cultural phenomenon to it. Like yeah. it was just, it was great seeing so much, like, like that, that much representation of the, of that culture. You know what I mean? Like, and so like connected. And so like Fantastic Beasts, like it didn't, yeah, it didn't have that connection. Twenty twenty one, guys. Two and a half years from now is when we're is when we're talking about. And that's what makes me even more irritated now that we don't know what the what he is. Is is he a Dumbledore? The movie makes me think he's a Dumbledore, but then at the end of the the special feature, she's like, "Don't count on anything you see in this movie to be fact." And I'm like, "What? Okay, well then now I don't know anymore. So I have to wait <sighs> longer." Ah! So in twenty twenty one, it looks like WB will also have. Um, Another Batman movie. 
um, another Suicide Squad movie, Sherlock Holmes three, Space Jam two. Um, cool. Good Lord. Um, and their their Batman movies, their D- DC universe has been struggling relative to yeah. the Marvel universe. Like it's they've been it's been an embarrassing. I mean, not, what can what can compare to Marvel? Hey. Wonder Woman was wonderful. Wonder Woman was quite good. Aquaman outperformed. Uh, Aquaman performed really well domestically. It? Like it made a lot of money. It was a fun movie. It was a comic book movie. It was a good movie. It was a comic book movie, but it was a good movie. It was very, very 1992 comic book. It was great. What about Justice League? That wasn't great. No, <laughs> but it was fun. <laughs> See, I I liked Batman versus Superman. It was not a good movie, but it was fun to watch. Um, Man of Steel, I think, hit hit emotional beats for me that they didn't that Superman movies didn't have, but it didn't make much sense structurally. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I can appreciate the good parts when it's bad, but I'll tell you if it's bad <laughs> if I think it is at least. Yeah. Who do you think made more opening weekend, Crimes of Grindelwald or Aquaman? Mm, Aquaman. No, I think Crimes of Grindelwald. Aquaman. Aquaman. 67 million Aquaman, 62 million Fantastic Beasts. And you can't have that. You can't have that when like you're still trying to be making hella money on your merchandise and on your theme parks. Like like you're you're really devaluing your theme park value by that whole property every time that you put out a subpar. That is such a good point. Harry Potter movie. Like if anything, like so here's an interesting story. Related, unrelated. So there is a new um, Star Trek series under production right now that's going to star uh, Patrick Stewart, who yep. is the captain in The Next Generation, which was highly regarded as one of, you know, it's a fan favorite Star Trek series. And uh, there has been a lot of rumors about that production being delayed uh, and people trying to figure out why. And the uh, the big rumor is that um, the... People that manage the licenses for the merchandise and the toys and all of these things are complaining that the look and the the costumes and the ships and basically the look and feel of that universe is not in line enough with the traditional Star Trek look that has been selling for them over the years. Mm -hmm. And they have basically told them that, you know, we're not going to make toys and uh, action figures and all of these things. Um, for this series because of, you know, because we, we have been selling to this group of people for all, the, all of this time and we know that it's just not going to do well. And apparently they've lost money on merchandise for some of the other newer Star Treks too. And, and that's mostly due to how their licensing works and like they have to stay away from the old TV look if it's going to be under the umbrella of the movie Star Treks. Like they have to be, X amount different from those, uh, the look and feel of, of the TV shows, which is very strange. But I'll say that the, the Star Trek audience is very, um, it, it flips on or off. This is like Star Trek. This is not star- like Star Trek. And if it's mm-hmm. not like Star Trek, they, they're not, they don't want to hear it. Yeah. I'll say that Discovery, the new one, the one with Anthony in it, is doing really well in its second season. People are starting to, really feel like it's part of the universe and it it faced a little bit of resistance in the beginning um but it's it's just a just a slow burn over time Mm -hmm. and i don't think we have that um sort of goodwill then again and we're okay so we're being kind of naysay then again is 
is this, are we being a little bit too cynical? Is this Warner Brothers saying, no, we need the time to do it right? Is that purely what this is? I don't think that they make a call like this for any other reason than uh, money, p- full on money related panic. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like taking away $800 million from your bottom line. Yeah, but I think a good producer, like someone who's in charge, who understands like how this, like how like, like this works in general, like they're going to understand the fact, you know what? No, yeah, we're going to, for the long run, this is better for the franchise. And like they, they love the franchise and they, and they can make a decision like this that like it's painful in the present but it'll be good in the long run i'm all for that and that's what i hope it is too if three bombs are there five of them no i don't think so i don't think so either (sighs) well they're not gonna make three under the assumption that it's the last one so and i can't see them just not finishing this story if they make it a television series it would have to do so bad yeah it would have to do really bad. And again, talking about damaging the theme park properties and the value of the franchise, right. if you're going to be known as the series that didn't even finish right. what you set out to do, that's hugely damaging. No, this is. I think. I think this is all leading to the the preeminent conclusion that this is it's it's too big to fail, and they have to make it not fail. And right now, it is in such danger of failing. Yeah. How much do we think? they are considering uh, replacing Johnny Depp. I mean, that's been in the news now too, right? Like people talking about, uh, you know, worried that he's the thing dragging it down. And I'm sure that's adding into the calculus here, but I'll I'll still be shocked if uh, they decide not to keep him. (laughs) I'd be happy, but I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked too. But I did just realize that he let, that her movie did better than his movie opening weekend then because Aquaman. Oh, wow. That's yeah. kind of fun. And that's just, I think it's a poetic observation. I don't think of anything. Yeah. I don't think that has to do with ob- them. But. <laughs> now, how under pressure were they to get this film out? Crimes of Grindelwald in terms of scheduling, because if, you know, if you want to say, okay, well maybe there is merit to the idea that they need more time to do it properly. Maybe they had been saying from the get go that this wasn't enough time to to get a good product out there and that, you know, the proof was in the numbers that it just wasn't enough time to polish the story and to polish everything else. I don't know. I mean the first Fantastic Beast came out in twenty sixteen, November. Crimes of Grindelwald was November 2018. And now we're going to have a three-year instead of a two-year. I got to say, um, I'm wondering, I'm kind of wondering if they're looking at the outcome of this lawsuit he filed against Amber Heard. Vanity Fair and The Hollywood Reporter are are saying that the CEO that was, this, this came out a, a little bit after we recorded the last show, the CEO of Warner Brothers that was removed for sexual assault allegations is being asked to testify under oath about Johnny Depp trying to get Amber Heard blacklisted. You're kidding. Yeah. So everything's wow. getting this. Well, what did we say last time that a lawsuit like this, the biggest thing it does is make everything ex- extracted and you get so much discovery and it'll just yeah. be hit after hit after hit. And like, you know, Aquaman did better than his movie. And if he's trying to get her fired from it 
Yeah. And that all comes out in the reporting. And maybe they're just waiting for this to be done. Like, not waiting, but maybe that's in yeah. the mix, you know? Well, and culturally, we just had, like, look, R. Kelly. Like, he he was a, he was a, uh, accused of something and got away with it, and then years later, again. And then there's the Michael Jackson documentary. Like, got away with it, and then Discovery later. Like, like this, the culture, like, society, it's even marketable now to not yeah. put up with this stuff. You know, so, like, so like now it's not even a choice of, of, of it being honorable or noble. It's just, like, now it's something they just... It have to consider. It's like mm-hmm. true crime. You know what I mean? It's like true crime fascination. This is true crime we're seeing in real life. Of course, we're fixating on it. And so, like, that's a very good observation in the point of like, you know what? Maybe, yeah, like it. This is he's just bringing a lot of heat onto this franchise mm-hmm. that, yeah, has connections to a children's theme park. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like that's a very good point. And like, and that will affect. Sure, that's a moral obligation that affects their pockets, which. Yeah. I, in this regard, I'm glad it affects their pockets because it should be motivated by like, hey, let's not hire people who are abusive and mean yeah. and bullies. And or 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 to to play devil's advocate, whether or not they're abusive, mean and bullies, if there's, there's this much of a question hanging over their heads, maybe we don't take the chance, and maybe we just, you know, if it's this much, if it's this much of a contention. You believe the victims, and you, um, you know, you you just you just don't sully the franchise with this. I it just ugh, lawsuits are so ugly, and so much evidence gets produced. And if if what seems to be true is true, that they were pretty terrible to each other, um, who knows? You know, but if if anyone is not lying in that, unless they are both lying, if anyone is not lying in all of this. It's only going to get worse. Yeah. Um, Business Insider, um, not a new article, but they're reporting that uh, it's an article about Johnny Depp and his financial problems. But uh, they're saying that uh, he has earned upfront money, likely $20 million each of the Fantastic Beast films that he's committed to. Yeah, I've also seen that he's he's had to give his lawyers for all this stuff $30 million or more. For the... But what I'm saying is, like, what if he's already been paid up front oh, to be in the series? I see. There have to be some sort of contractual obligation to... Uh, You're going to collect like on him once he doesn't have the money, though, if, he, if they already paid him? If his $20 million has already been paid out, and he is the difference between a $800 million return and a $1.5 billion but return... Who can, who can say that for sure? Who can say that with definitive... Nobody can. Yeah, <laughs> like... You can't, but if but if it starts to look like more and more, he's at least twenty million dollars worth of difference. That's in the fix. Yeah. That's in the mix, right? Oof. Yeah. Yeah. I like. I just. It's just so weird to me, like money. this happening, and then paired with that, like such that fate, that glowing rapport of like report that jk rowling gave him like glowing gushing like excited to work with him is so yeah. confusing to me i'm like what is happening yeah okay well 
It sounds like this is going to be an ongoing saga. Absolutely. Yeah, we got a whole other year now to talk about <laughs> what's happening. Uh, we're movie. not going to know if he's actually a Dumbledore or not. <laughs> I mean, we'll know in some way or another. He's not a Dumbledore. It's total horse crap. Like, there's no way. He, According to this film, he is. According, that's, that's, that's what it is. According to this film, he is. No, I, according to the, the slimiest character in the film, sure. he is. I leave open for the possibility for all possibilities but i think it's fairly indisputable what the film says he is oh yeah no, yeah yeah, yeah that, i agree with you melissa i would say that the film or and i would say if, if this was not their intent then it's a failing i agree that movie that movie led us to believe at the end they treated it as a reveal not a cliffhanger it was a reveal and not a reveal that only depends on the slimiest character they went out of their way to give us another reason and so it, if, if that's not it they got some explaining to do Ay, ay, ay. I keep saying about that every week, sorry. Ay, ay, ay. All right, so next, so next, next, next. on Pottercast will be the mischief segment, and next. when we come back, we will do mailbag. Cool. Ba-da-ba-da-ba. Hello, uh, and welcome to what we are tentatively calling the Mischief Corner, uh, which is where additional mischief folks will talk about Harry Potter uh, and whatever the hot topic contentious discussion of the week is um my name is kylie madden and i do opera i'm an operations manager for mischief and also do some work on pottercast my name is sierra fox i'm the programming director for mischief management so i will be stealing these and making leaky panels out of them and my name is sam harris i'm an event staffer and sometimes i do autograph and photograph stuff at conventions all around the mischief family and so today, uh, we recently got into this debate that we wanted to bring forward. Um, and not really a debate. It was a, I broke Sam is really where we're at. A little bit. Um, and that I was reading Sorcerer's Stone again and, uh, was reading and talking about flu powder, um, and realized that flu powder per Pottermore, uh, there's only one manufacturer of flu powder and the price hasn't changed in like ever uh and when i told sam who has a particular interest in the wizarding economy it like broke him in like a way that i was not expecting it was very fun to watch yeah so uh when i always imagined flu powder i didn't realize that flu and flu powder was a proper noun i probably should have but I didn't realize that it was... Well, oh, yeah. so everything that J.K. Rowling has invented in the series is a proper noun. So, like, Bungle is a proper noun. Sure, Mudblood yeah. is a proper noun. Death Eater is a proper noun. Like, I don't know if it is that flu powder, like, in-universe is a proper noun, but in the, like, for the sake of the series and, like, denoting what is a made-up word is a proper noun. But continue. But yes, yes. So, um, when, when Kylie mentioned that there was only one manufacturer and that the price has stayed stable... For 100 years, uh, it, it kind of broke my brain a little bit uh, for like seven reasons, uh, s- some of which I will get into here. Um, but for one, I, I one of the first things that kind of came to mind was the fact that because there's a single producer, which is a private company in the world of the wizarding world, really like a number of problems stems from this. The one is that there, the, the company that produces it has a monopoly 
over flu powder, which means that they have the ability to charge whatever price they want to charge forever. And while they've the same price has been stable for the last 100 it's what, years, like two scoops per flu or something. It's two sickles. A two, sc- two, two sickles yeah, per scoop. Yeah, like which scoop or whatever it is. And what is the scoop? I I don't know. Um, I mean. Well, is a scoop like one trip? Is it like a scoop as in like what you're keeping on your mantle? Like what? I imagine like so. What measure is a scoop? What is the unit of measure? Well, when you go to like uh, a Whole Foods or whatever, you you get like a scoop of nuts or something. I don't know. I've never done that before. I'm allergic to nuts. Uh, but I think like it, it's a pretty sizable amount and you, you just need like a pinch or something to get you <laughs> on a successful trip. Yeah. But like, so, but it doesn't matter, right? Like, I mean, like, it matters, but like a scoop still doesn't have a unit of measure, right? Like you can argue that when I'm baking cookies, a scoop of flour could be a cup because I'm scooping the flour, right? Like what is a scoop? Sure. Also, how much flu powder do you need to travel? Because if you're taking a handful, I don't know. Also, do you need like more flu powder the farther away you're traveling like if i'm going from hogwarts to london like right like i'm going from you know wherever hogwarts is in scotland (laughs) to the ministry of magic in london is that more flu powder than like going between grimald place and the ministry of magic or grimald place had a flu but whatever or or do um children need less flu powder than adults you know like how does how does that work units of measure are important flu powder is broken for so many reasons. Um, also, because we know that a lot of, uh, a lot of witches and wizards will travel to the ministry using flu powder. We know like it's an important source of transportation for the wizarding world, which means like it's not like, Oh, I'm just going to take a trip somewhere like once a week or whatever at, you know, doing my personal shopping. No, it's, it is how most members of the magical community get to their jobs, which means it is an important commodity, an important source of transportation, which means that because there is one single producer and seller of flu powder, like they can, uh, single-handedly kind of mess up the entire wizarding economy if they just really wanted to, which they might because everything's terrible sometimes. I have two questions. The first is, <laughs> uh, how do return trips work? So when people go to the ministry, do they stick flu powder in their pocket so they can get back? Does the ministry just have it out for them to <sighs> use on the way back? Because that also affects the does the ministry give it away for free? I mean, do they give it away for free? Do how how much of it do they buy? Can you just not buy flu powder forever and just like take extra from the ministry every day? Like, no, no, because Molly ha- uh, mentioned at some point that she needed to go and buy some more flu powder, um, unless that's just a movie thing and I and it's in my brain now. Um, but if so, because because Arthur works at the ministry. He would have just brought it home as opposed to Molly needing to go out and buy some. So you're proposing that the Weasleys would have just stolen flu powder forever? Well, I'm... uh No, he's saying that they would not have because Molly at some point said she needs to buy it, though questionable on which canon that is. So so what I'm saying is that if it was common practice for ministry employees to just take flu powder from the ministry, then Molly would not have had to buy flu powder. But she does mention at some point that she does need to purchase flu powder. I think Kylie's checking right now whether yeah, that's a movie Talk about your second point. We can come back to whether or not you need to buy flu powder. So the second line of the Pottermore entry about flu powder says that the manufacturer of flu powder is strictly controlled. And I want to know who it's controlled by and if that is still, I don't know, the family of Ignatia Wildsmith who invented it. Because my question is whether flu pow, which is the producer in Britain, actually 
can change the price like that. That's true. Um, well, so I think it's a little bit more complicated than that. Uh, and, and that was actually going to bring me to the second point that I was going to make, which is inflation. Um, and the fact that in theory, a commodity and like a good shouldn't have the same price over such a long period of time. And, and you could say that there is no inflation in the wizarding world because magic makes things different, uh, which is true. But we know that because Bill works for Gringotts curse breaking, um, that, you know, the Gringotts, the, the bank of the wizarding world is taking in and collecting gold year after year after year, thus leading to some amount of inflation, assuming the gold goes into the economy. That's a whole other thing. We don't want to have to go into that. But the fact that, you know, uh, because the price of flu powder has stayed so constant for a hundred years, you know, you, you'd think that the ministry would allow the price to go up if it is, in fact, the ministry's, uh, if the ministry is the group that is controlling the price of flu powder. At the same time, it might also be that flu pow is strictly controlling uh, the manufacturing and sale of flu powder, like keeping manufacturing and sale down in order to make themselves more powerful or something. I don't know, Kyle, you, you can jump in here. So where I was going with this is trying to figure out how to equate the like flu system with any sort of like muggle real world that we live in transportation. And like the closest I can get is a subway, except for the subway is in New York. They're not privately owned. They're publicly owned, uh, which, right, like is the closest we can get. But like the, the, the concept is the same, right? Like you pay to use the service to get to one place, like your desk, you have a point A and a point B. And like that is what you are paying for use of. And like you have to pay each way, right? Like I don't think you can like throw a flu powder into the thing doesn't get you a return trip, like which like you have to use it both ways, which means like when the minister of magic like when Cornelius Fudge goes to talk to the Muggle Prime Minister about Sirius Black, it's through flu. But like the min- like the Muggle Prime Minister is not going to have flu powder, which means Cornelius Fudge needed to take flu powder with him. Unless Kingsley had it. That's fair. But in general, right? Like the concept of not well having it. And like the same with flu networks, right? Like or like fire calling. Like you fire call. You still have to throw flu powder in and like you just stick your head in. Um and, like, you on the other end don't need flu powder to have that conversation. Like, the other person just needs to be able to appear. So just, like, I think, each, like, you need it each. It's a transactional thing. You need it each direction. TLDR. So it's like calling collect? Um, yeah. It is like, like calling collect. collect. <laughs> Except kind of not at all because calling collect requires payment of the person on the other end. So it's the opposite it's of calling. It's the reverse calling collect. So it's it's so it's so it's, so it's, it's the opposite of calling collect. Well, no, 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 but in calling, especially now like both parties are responsible for It's text messages whenever one person had unlimited and you had to pay to send a text. Yeah, I guess so. Or 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 it's just the opposite of calling collect. <laughs> anyway, um flu powder makes no sense. It makes it no really sense. Is, like uh, but I do want to talk about fire calling for a second and the like the the fact that f- the flu network can be used for multiple like things like I want to understand the history did the flu network like which existed first like this is the chicken and egg scenario but like did they I assume it was invented to get wizards from point A to point B 
uh right like the whole wizard uh but like <laughs> at one point did like somebody accidentally fall into a fireplace and realize that they could call someone like i want that short story yes my my headcanon is someone tripped as they were going through and only half of their body went into the flu network and their head ended up in someone's uh, in someone's fireplace and miraculously they were not dead right yes agreed headcanon accepted also want to talk about the fact that you can like a there's two things i'll talk about in fire calls one like molly weasley feeds amos diggory toast through the fire call i wish everyone could see sierra like throw her hands up um like you how does eating through fire call work does it taste like ash do you actually get the toast i have questions can i add a sub point to this yes how do the physics work at all what part (laughs) of your body is physically in the place where you are and what part can interact with the other side like i want to i that bothers me every time trying to figure out where that line is oh well but but also okay so um when harry is in umbridge's fireplace he can hear someone coming in the door on the Hogwarts side, which means par- like part of his right. f- body is reacting to something that's happening there. And also like if his whole head is in Grimold Place, how are, how can he hear something in? I don't, that's weird. Well, is it his whole head? Right? Because like it's all of the imagery we get of the flu network is like not the actual head. It is like in fire. Oh, actually, I, I do want to clarify. Uh, I, I think the mistake, it, Harry couldn't hear something. I think Sirius could hear something when he was visiting Harry in Goblet of Fire. Not Harry couldn't hear something when. Well, also. There in like Order of the Phoenix, Sarah has a point. So I'm going to let her say her second point before I say mine. It's probably what you were going to say. The fact that Umbridge Umbridge can reach in and reaches for a head, and I wanted like if someone tries to flu call the same person at the same time, are both heads and can they enter? How does this work? Can you do a three way conference call in a fireplace? That would be so much easier than this Google Hangout we're on. (laughs) This broke Sam. There's so many questions. Also, Umbridge is reaching for someone's head. Like, can she harm Sirius? Like, if she were to have grabbed Sirius's head, can she harm him? Can she pull him into her Can she pull flu? him in all the way? Like, I have questions. Like, you can be pulled out of a flu, which makes sense, right? Like, if I am fire calling Sam, I can be in the flu and, like, Sierra can pull my legs out of the fireplace. Like, the, the like, tangible corporeal part of my body. But, like, can Sam pull me through the other way? Like, I have questions. So I I think we probably have to start thinking about this as a portal. You know, it's basically just like a, you know, you stick your hand into the fire as and as you stick your hand into the fire, you are sticking your hand actually out of the out of someone else's fireplace. And I think if we think about it like that, then the physics start to work and some of like the auditory stuff starts to work. You know, like you, you can hear something through a portal and you can feel something through a portal. Now, that kind of doesn't totally work super well with some of the imagery and the description of um traveling through the f- like traveling through the flu network that we've seen in other parts of the book like the way that it is first described in chamber of secrets seems like it's kind of like a tube as opposed to like a portal but i don't know i would like to follow up to that by asking about getting off of the right flu <gasps> Because that has always confused me. If you have to say your destination, but you also need to make sure you get off in the right place, 
I don't know how that works. So, so how, I just read this chapter um, <laughs> in uh, Chamber of Secrets uh, yesterday. So whenever I was reading it, I was like paying attention to like that element of it. And I imagined it being like, I am saying Diagon Alley very clearly and not the whatever the hell Harry Potter said. Um, but like you're saying diagonally very clearly and it is taking you in the right direction, but there are multiple flus in diagonally, right? Like I sure. imagine it being an issue going to a public place versus if I am somewhere else saying the borough, I'm not going to go to the wrong place because there is a place named the borough. But like if you're saying diagonally, like right, my confusion really came from like, why are they not saying the leaky cauldron? Why are they not saying like, a very specific place in Diagon Alley? Why are they just saying Diagon Alley? Unless, right, like Ministry of Magic, I imagine you would just appear in whichever flu is like empty. The entrance. Right, like, that's right. I like, I get the like tunnel tube metaphor. Like, I get the like, it is a connected system that way. But like, the idea that it is a portal also makes sense. And so it's this like weird dichotomy that like, you have to contend with. But yeah, that is where I was at. It's like, I think it was mostly that Diagon Alley has multiple flus. And so like, in that case, you do have to get off on Diagon Alley, not Nocturne Alley, but who knows? So how does the flu then in Cursed Child, like we see the flu network in Cursed Child numerous times. Uh, so if you have not heard Cursed List or watched Cursed Child or have read it and you don't want spoilers, you should not continue to listen to this next few seconds. Um, we see it multiple times. We see uh, everyone fluing into the headmistress's office, uh, which is like the cool science or not science, the coolest effects there. And we also see Ron flew into the kitchen. And how does that work? I think Ron specifically wanted to go to the kitchen. <laughs> like, I think that Ron said the Hogwarts kitchen as opposed to the headmistress's office of Hogwarts. And he is just acting like he got off at the wrong one. Because he's Ron. Do you think you can act like you got off at the wrong one? Or like it's Ron just being like, oops, got off the wrong one. Well, that's the thing. If you just said Hogwarts, I could believe that you ended up in the wrong place. But if everyone else ends up at a specific flu and they got there by saying a specific thing, then I don't know that uh, Ron's excuse is actually believable. Does Ron enter last in that scene? I've only seen Cursed Child twice as opposed to nine times. Yeah. Yeah. He is the... He is the last uh, actor to walk on stage in that scene, but he walks on like with a napkin, with a napkin tucked in. into his shirt, appearing as if he has been there for a while. Yes, yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, so he, so he couldn't necessarily, in front of his friends and life partner, say Hogwarts Kitchen without them knowing. But if he were to say Hogwarts and know approximately when to get out, then he could end up in the kitchens. Right. By accident and or very much on purpose. On purpose. On purpose. He also talks about taking the flu with Neville when they're drunk <laughs> and how when after you've been drinking, you don't want to take the turny ones. And I want to know more about that. Yeah, I didn't think of that one. I always just think about, sorry about your flu, Minerva, floor Minerva, and like as Draco gets out of the chimney. But yeah, like is there a way to consciously pick which flu networks you're going into like which tunnels and which passage whatever like is there a way to consciously like consciously pick what you're doing or do you have to like so we we know that through other traveling mechanisms magical members of the community have some amount of control over like how they travel so i'm, I'm mostly thinking about apparition you know yeah. you it is i think a similar 
like physical process of like sure like you just spin and you disappear somewhere and you reappear somewhere else but if if you think about kind of some of the the imagery used it's very much like you are constricted and you're kind of pushed through a tube and i i think there there might be something some similar some similarity about like how much control you have over the actual process of moving between a flu network and apparate maybe yeah i mean so my comparison is endgame uh um, what i i I, I haven't seen that movie many times already. Great. So Endgame, spoiler. Uh, like, whenever they're transporting themselves in Endgame, they are going from point A to point B, but it is clearly a, like, path through time. And I wonder if the flu works like that. Like, right. it is a it is clearly a portal between two places, but it is, like, a path through time and space rather than just a, like, portal through the two. Right. And, and they have, like, those mechanisms on their hands to help them to help they're guide them. wearing like a quantum realm gps's yeah but like right like it's a similar thing with the flu except you are paying it like your eyes are supposed to be open and you're supposed to spot the fireplace <laughs> to exit that's absurd i want to know what spotting the fireplace looks like this is falling down a rabbit hole but like can you see into people's fireplaces can you get into the fireplace and engrave your name like your household's name on the inside so you're like oh i see that crest i'm gonna get up here <laughs> I'm remembering something about being able to see into other fireplaces, but I don't know if that's from a fic or if that's from the books or if that's from the movies. Same. No, I'm pretty certain it's from the books. I'm pretty certain Harry talks about like – or someone references like being able to peek through – like you – like not peek through, but like you, you see go, like seconds for Yeah, snippets. you see like snippets of each thing that you're looking through. Which feels like a real invasion of privacy. Feels like having a giant open window. That's why you can close flus, right? Like the Weasley's flu was all stopped up in Goblet of Fire because all of the like attentions and blah 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 were being directed towards uh the the World Cup. Like I think you can close flu networks. I want to know how hard it is to close the flu because every time we've heard about it, it has sounded kind of like a government thing. Yeah, well, that's why they don't travel via flu during Deathly Hallows is because the government could catch them. But I want to know if a random wizard could decide to close their flu or if it has to be some sort of official request through the ministry that is annoying. I don't know. Um, I think that maybe wizarding families do not have the ability to close flus because there's probably some sort of, you know, cultural taboo against entering someone's home without their permission. We see this in Half-Blood Prince when – Dumbledore tells Harry that it's just it's rude to apparate straight into someone's living room. And so there might just be a same cultural taboo, you know, about just fluing into someone's house. So I don't know. The mysteries of Harry Potter. Are there many? So many. So many. A couple. Uh, okay, I I don't think we can have a conversation about the flu network without talking about the one of the greatest scenes in the entire book series, which is Which is uh in Goblet of Fire when the Weasleys are trying to get into the Dursleys' house, uh, and the Dursleys put up an electric fireplace, and the Weasleys are all stuck in the chimney, and... Oh, wait, but they connected the Dursleys to the flu network, and Temporarily. They, and they weren't supposed to. It makes me feel like Arthur pulled strings and made it happen. I thought... I always read that as just, like, it was a muggle flu that they weren't supposed to connect to, not necessarily that, like, it you can't have temporary connections. It's really kind of amazing that none of them saw there was a problem and was able to stop or turn back. Well, I don't think any of them could even begin to imagine what an electric fireplace is. Right. Yeah, it, it's a totally foreign concept because electricity is a foreign concept. Wizard! They should start using electricity. 
that's that's my hot take for the day. They should start using pens. <laughs> um, well, I think we are out of time. But uh, more on the mysteries of Harry Potter and coming Pottercast episodes. Get pumped. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, Miles here. Bit early for Miles, isn't it? But I, I never get mail. Let's open it. Miles, the mail Oh, great. Thanks. Okay, we have our mailbag. It's, it's, oh, mail's here. Oh, the mail. Who, who who left the mail in here? Do we still have those clips? Those clips still exist? <laughs> sure, of course they do. They're around. All right, so we've got two questions from this. This time is from Twitter, but you can send us questions on Twitter at Pottercast, Facebook on our page or our group, both of which are just, just search Pottercast on Facebook. Um you know, Tinder at Pottercast. Not Tinder. Grinder at Pottercast. <laughs> Bumble. Bumble. We're on Bumble. Bumble. Um, we don't have an Instagram because we're old. Uh, <laughs> so we should get on that. Don't we don't have an Instagram. What would we what would we Instagram? It's a podcast. Like you're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna Instagram the microphone and me sitting here in my underwear. Hey, I follow Instagrammers who are podcasters. You'd be surprised. I mean, we'll do that. Leaky has uh, a nice little Instagram. It does. I've been posting more and more on these days. It does. It's new and the guys are doing amazing with it. I'm very proud. Yeah, just follow that one. Should. The Leaky Cauldron News. Just look up Leaky Cauldron. <laughs> yeah. However, leave us alone. Uh, so we're on Twitter and Facebook for now. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> John. <laughs> Too many damn things. Yeah, how many, that one. how many places Whoa. do you need to get get fed spoon fed content? I agree. You guys? It's too much content. Come I on. agree. Listen to our podcast. The rest of it, it we Twitter and Facebook and yeah. Patreon. That's the other one. Back word. in the day, there was like two places to get Harry Potter news. You had to come to us. Nobody was just giving it to you whether you wanted it or not. Get off my through lawn. every single channel. I swear. Get off my lawn, kids. I feel like that Get every day. Get the hell off the lawn. I agree. All right. So. Anyway. We're getting to the mail now. Who's writing us mail? What's the question? We're getting to the mail now. The mail is social media. You can also email us always at staff at pottercast.com. The mail from social media. Carolyn Baker says, if Grindelwald went to New York to find Aurelius Dumbledore, why did he tell Credence that he didn't know the gender of the child? Oh, this one's so easy because he's full of shit. <laughs> And he is he's not Aurelius anyone. It's nonsense. More Ophacius. I I also think he could have been going to New York to find the child without knowing the gender and then now is referring to Aurelius as Aurelius now that he knows. Yeah. Aurelius doesn't lend itself really to a gender, if you like think about it. Like, you know, like, oh, that's a boy's name. Like, really? Like, yeah. No one's called that. There's nobody called Aurelius. It's ridiculous. Uh, but I mean, the only thing, they, there is that point in the movie where like, they only record the men in the family trees and the women were flowers. Does that have anything to do with that? Why the, the gender wasn't revealed? Is he on the black family tree, Aurelius Dumbledore? That's the black family tree. Okay. So I don't know. I think I think the entity that ends up being Aurelius Dumbledore is what they're mm -hmm. referring to. And once they have a person and a presumed ginger, because nobody asks him, but the once they have a person, then they start referring to him always as Aurelius. And that's just what it is. I guess if you think about if like you want to go with the Ariana theory and he's like, you know, he's over there trying to find the corporal form of the obscurial ariana and it could have materialized as a boy or a girl person then okay maybe but like 
I don't know, man. It's, it smells funny to me. It's either either Grindelwald's full of crap or like they invented a bunch of new canon between the first and second Fantastic Beast movie, which flies in the face of the idea of like all of this, you know, in broad strokes was written already before they filmed the first one. I just think that every movie they're inventing a bunch of new canon. That's what they're that's what it is like the the directors were they were saying it in the interview about how you know joe knows her characters joe knows her world and she has the idea in her head of how these are all going to unfold and yeah she hasn't written every single script before they filmed the first movie but you know i'm sure that like just as she had an idea of how harry potter's story would like where it was leading to um you know as she was writing the first one i think she knows where this is meant to be leading to um i think that should tell us if you know um credence's character is something that's super important to this little series that that she would have known before they filmed the first one whether or not he was related to dumbledore um like one of the most major characters in you know the previous series oh she definitely knows but i'm saying if she knows then the character needs to be able to know that's not remotely true an author knowing doesn't mean the character has to know but if the character is written to have known how can they also be written to say that they don't Oh, I see. I see what's saying. I, I see what you're, you're saying, saying, John. John is saying like we have established that this character knew of the Dumbledore, and so right. now his behavior in the first film is as if he did not have that knowledge. Was that pretense on I, purpose, or was it just a small little retcon to serve a better arc of a story, right. like a bigger, a greater good? And so I don't know if his behavior in the first film says anything about whether or not he knew it was Dumbledore. Like I don't. I don't buy the premise. Uh, read the question one more time for me, please, if you can. If Grindelwald went to New York to find Aurelius Dumbledore, why did he tell Credence that he didn't know the gender of the child? He went to he went to New York to find the Obscurial, who he believed is a Dumbledore. Yeah. See, oh yeah, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, because I guess in my head, I've always labeled it as, no, he went to find an Obscurial, and then it happened right. to be a Dumbledore. But that that's, I think that's an interesting point, like... This movie it was saying, no, no, he was also looking for a Dumbledore. It just didn't ha- coincidentally be a Dumbledore. He was looking, f- he knew that it was both. I think yeah. we don't, we can't say for sure because we don't know when he found out the name Aurelius Dumbledore. Presuming that it's true, uh-huh. we don't know when he got that piece of information. He could have gotten that piece of information at any point. And we don't That's know. That's true. But I would say that if, if that was information he did not have in the first one and then got in the second one, that is questionable storytelling that you would have that information be discovered off screen. Like that's information right. that as an audience member, that's going to be jarring for us that he knows something now that we don't know he shouldn't know or should know. It's just like, like, when do uh, we think he found out? Like that's the, I guess that's one way to ask it. Like when did he realize that this was a relative of Dumbledore? He had to have known to me now, knowing that if like if presuming it's true, like you're saying, Melissa, like then he had to have just known, mm. like like he had he maybe I could see it something where um, he didn't know that like when Dumbledore and him were chummy, like when they were young, he didn't know then, and then in his like quest of world domination, discovered some sort of secret somehow that there's another Dumbledore, um, then that would 
definitely drive him. But then Dumbledore's acting even seemed to like Jude Law seemed to think like that was he wasn't shocked by this notion. But I guess he doesn't he's unaware of that. Still. Jude Law, Dumbledore may not yeah, know. Sorry. I don't mean, know. for all of that to be true, then we'd not only have to believe that all knowing Dumbledore does not know something as pivotal as like a blood relative. There is plenty in the world that Dumbledore does not know. And I think it's right. And that's one on the list. He, yeah, Dumbledore it's doesn't completely know. possible that Dumbledore doesn't know. I don't. I don't think it's like I put it at like forty, sixty does know or doesn't know does know. You know, like I would. You be, think it's more I, likely that he doesn't or that he does. I think it's more likely that he does, but I would buy it if he didn't. They'd have to do some convincing, but I'd need some. I would buy it. I would. I would see. Uh, to me, it would be slightly out of character for him not to know that he had a brother. Guys, Dumbledore may know a lot, but we can't act like it's out of character for him not to know things that are big, prized pieces of information by the villain. Yeah, like, but I mean, like... If the villain has to know things that the hero doesn't, like, by default. Yeah, yeah, and that, and I, I, for sure, I agree with that. But at the same time, when you're taking such a bold move as to know the villain knows something more than... And such an intimate knowledge more than him, that's something that I think no. the audience deserves to, like, you to earn that. Like, you can't just say that. It's like, okay, that's a cool twist, yeah. but... Like we've already have canon, like about like how deep his family ties are, and a book about it from another character within your universe mm-hmm. that is voracious and does not draw, like does does not mind crossing lines to find information found nothing on. Sure, like that's a cool thing to have, but I want to know more now. I'm like, ooh, I want to know more again. Like more likely than not that he does know of the existence of this person, but if he doesn't, I think they could. It won't take too much work to get there. Yeah, and I'm just like well, I just want it to be viable. Like Pat, I'm like okay, cool. Like hopefully I'll be chill. <laughs> I'm trying. Let me ask you this: If he doesn't know, or let's say, let's say if if he does know, okay, because we're we're used to Dumbledore withholding things from Harry. Yes, we are. Um, and uh, you know, you would say that, or or he would say that, you know, there's there's a lot that he didn't tell Harry either to protect him or out of concern of his connection to Voldemort, and that anything he tells Harry, he could potentially be telling Voldemort, and all of these, you know, grandfatherly bullshit reasons <laughs> to not tell Harry the whole truth. But why would he not tell Newt? He tells Newt that. Uh, it's important for him to have went to America. We were looking for the Obscuras and, um, you know, like, uh, originally it was, you know, trying to give him clues as to how he might find this person. And they had a whole conversation about who like, um, Credence was. He's like, uh, on that, uh, bus and, and, in the second film, he's all like, you know, so I guess you probably may have wondered who this person is. And they're like, oh, well, they're, you know, they're saying that it's such and such. And Dumbledore's like, yeah, they are saying that. Like, th- there's like your moment to like say who the heck he is. Like, what is the benefit of keeping a, that a secret? I uh, don't know. But I also believe if they're keeping it a secret, we'll find out the benefit. Like, I'm not worried about there not being a benefit. If it is being kept secret, they'll there will be a I, I, Like, for me, I, I don't need like Dumbledore keeping it from Newt. I get it. To me, that's con- that's consistent. Grindelwald sure. having the information before Dumbledore about having a brother, I'd be like, I want to know how he got that information and, wh- and why Dumbledore was, how Dumbledore was like sequestered from that information and being a very like. Honestly, for me, if Dumbledore know like Dumbledore knowing that he has another sibling and it not being even hinted at in the story that we get in book seven is a problem. I 100% agree. Yeah. To me. 
It could be explained. But, but and then mm. and that's that's the danger that I have because like I one hundred and ten percent agree with that statement. But then at the same time, like with him not knowing, I'm like, okay, that is a to me, that's a tall order to fill. To like like I'm very yeah. like I trust JK Rowling. I think she's a wonderful storyteller. She's she's amazing. And so like and I'm I'm used to the book speed. I'm used to like a like a book's worth of information. And so like the movie did not feel like a book's worth of information. I feel like I got five chapters and I'm like, and so I just want more to understand. But right now I don't see it adding up. And then, but then again, that is arrogant on my part. And I realize that it's not my story I'm telling. I'm just an observer. That's fun. It's just, I guess I'm getting nervous. Yeah. I mean, they're writing themselves into very tight corners and I'm very curious to see what happens. Well, we buttoned that one up. Good. What else is in this (laughs) mailbag? typical podcast fashion <laughs> simple question just goes crazy oh, yeah that was just <laughs> that was a male segment sorry guys yeah it was a male segment jr billington also from twitter has says he is wondering or actually i don't know if this is he he or she or they are wondering if the leaky cauldron is under a form of the fidelius term listen if we could have gotten a domain without those dashes we would have okay oh shut uh, up. It's, true. it's a clever it's little true. thing let's be say. honest you know, we're trying to keep people away by making it hard to type, but it's not a charm. Is is there a Fidelius, like the Fidelius charm works that when the secret keeper gives the location. So is there a way to perform that charm where that everybody who enters it becomes a secret keeper? And so as long as somebody tells you where it's at, you'll find it? Harry Harry saw it by, well, I guess, I guess Hagrid did say the Leaky Cauldron, it's a famous place. I mean, you uh, can't see it if you're a muggle, right? You can't just wander in. He, Hagrid says, like, muggles just go right past it. But I don't think a muggle can just walk into the Leaky Cauldron. Yeah, I don't I don't think that a muggle could just up and walk in. But do you have to be told where it is? No, I mean, I think we're talking, we're talking about the logic of the spell. Like, to me, I would love it if there was a Fidelius charm where that you do the charm in which, like, if you, like, anybody who says it, like it becomes a like it, it's like the like the loosest Fidelius charm ever. Like as long as you become aware of it, right. boom, you're there. Because then if, but then at the same time, it's probably just Muggle repellent charms. It's silly. It's it, it's a real silly Fidelius charm. This is a really silly Fidelius charm because it's the kind of thing that so many people know that it might not as well be a secret. Yeah, I guess that's what I that, yeah that's what I was yeah that's what I was trying to say. Like it's a secret still right. technically, but it's a secret that everyone knows. And so it's it's like a secret in name only because it started that way. That's kind of cute, but it's probably just Muggle repellent charms like they did for like the um. I I think that's uh, it for the like the Wizarding World stuff. Also, if you're the proprietor of the Leaky Cauldron and you're forced into a Fidelius charm, that's gotta suck. Not all magical people can see it. They gotta be told by somebody else. Friggin' we got Pottermore again. <laughs> guys. The Leaky Cauldron was there long before Charing Cross Road was ever planned. It's true address, number one, Diagon Alley, and it is believed to have been built sometime in the 1500s, along with the rest of the Wizarding Street, created some two centuries before the imposition of the International Statute of Secrecy. The Leaky Cauldron was initially visible to Muggle eyes, while the pub was, from the first, a place for witches and wizards to congregate, whether Londoners or out-of-towners up for the day to shop for the latest magical ingredients or devices, muggles were not turned away or made to feel unwelcome, even though some of the conversations, not to mention pets, caused many an unwary drinker to leave without finishing his mead. I wonder if muggles were allowed to go by, like, 
like the color change ink. Like I, if I was a little kid, I could draw with color change ink. Oh my gosh. I'd be all about that. Oh, this is yeah. great. This is hilarious. So when the statute of secrecy was imposed, the leaky cauldron, a great British wizarding institution that it had become was granted a special uh, dispensation to continue its existence as a safe haven and refuge for the wizard kind in the capital. Though insistent on many powerful spells of concealment, the good behavior from all who used it, the Minister for Magic, Ulick Gamp, was sympathetic to the need of wizards to let off steam under difficult new conditions. He further agreed to give the landlord of the day responsibility for letting people into Diagon Alley from his backyard, for the shops beyond the pub were now also in need of magical protection. To honor Gamp's protection of the pub, the landlord created a new brand of beer, Gamp's Old Gregarious, which tasted so disgusting that nobody has ever been known to finish a pint. <laughs> there is a 100-gallon prize to anyone prepared to do so, but no one has yet succeeded in claiming the gold. Wow. So there's your there's your way to deter folks. They just made a disgusting beer that like people don't even want to drink. <laughs> That's cute. This is actually like a really fun little story. Who wrote that? I I would presume J.K. Rowling. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, okay. I was just I making think. sure because I say like <laughs> I to mean, me like I I like that is like the I don't know that's that's the cadence is that the right term like I'm used to for something of J.K. Rowling. So yeah, just those, those fun little details. Yeah, so there's your answer, folks. Uh, not a Fidelius charm, a uh, gross beer and other magics <laughs> apparently. A gross beer and other magics. All right. Well, with that, let's go to the drums. Cool. <laughs> I like that. I'm. I'm. Every time one of us starts drumming. <laughs> Basically, probably me. Make the super cut of that. No, don't do that. Yeah, probably. Not, probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> no, it would be a very boring super cut. So, uh, you have started watching Game of Thrones? I have been watching, Bree and I. We've managed to get through the first four seasons of Game of That's Thrones. managed. You're almost there. Yeah. Managed. Well, I guess we think we have, uh, what, ten, ten episodes in season five, ten and six, seven and seven, twenty-seven, and then three and eight. So we're 30 behind. Well, if you do the math. That's a lot. <laughs> Yeah, but you're halfway there, and there's three more weeks to go. But we have watched more than we haven't watched. We've officially yeah. crossed that hump. That's good. You guys going to watch That's them tonight? fantastic. Oh, I'm sure we will. Yeah, Where are you guys I mean, at? We'd be watching it now, if not for doing this. <laughs> oh, uh, sorry. It's okay. <laughs> John. Uh, there are, are other things that I do also. That wasn't a but... real apology, John. No, it was not. <laughs> no, it's fine. I mean, the things I do for you guys, for fuck's sake. It's just, I love it when you when an, an insincere apology is accepted sincerely. It's such a great gag. Like, oh, you're welcome. Like, <laughs> Gee, thanks. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, so trying to true. think what just happened. Uh, there's some some uh, nonsense going on with Sansa, as per usual. Uh, being told who she's going to marry again, and it's this creepy little guy that's me- messing with. You know, one of the Starks. Oh no! Okay. Freaking! Oh, no. I do not You're like that, that guy. You're that season. <laughs> oh. Yeah. That guy. Uh. That creepy little dude. I just hope he gets killed in some. Does really, he look like, like um, Elijah status. Wood? He looks sort of like Elijah Wood and Gollum put yep, together. Yep. 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 He yep, came, yep, yep, yep. Yep. He came to the first. He came to the first Game of Thrones, and he Did is he really? as as 
delightful as his character is repulsive. Oh, um, oh, okay. Well, I guess that's good. Yeah. Right? Let me do that he's very he's good. He's a character okay. you're going to love to hate. It's also so tiny. Really? So small. Oh, is he teensy? These actors are so small. They are like little birds. Every time I meet an actor, I'm just like, you are, you are so so tight how are you just tiny i feel like what were they told to do like write a character who can be more repulsive than than joffrey yes and and like literally right around the same time that joffrey is going like peak joffrey just to try to like make everybody hate him before he pieces out (laughs) i don't think they were told anything i think it's how he's written in the books really he is terrible oh oh no ramsey ramsey is the the worst up there i have cool i have yet to read them yeah um, I I'm rereading because um, now I recognize that the books are going the books are not going to be the same. As... Yeah, I was going to ask that. How are they writing this season without the books being done? The, the I so the, they diverged last season um, or maybe even two seasons ago, and they went past because he's not done with them. I have a pet theory that they got to a certain point and they said to him, "Here's like ten million dollars. Don't publish the next book until this series is done on HBO." Oh, because interesting. Yeah, I think I think if if you're HBO, you're like, why have this? It's going to go in a different direction. The show's the show. His readers are going to read it anyway. Just here's some money. That is interesting. Is he Melissa. like going to write things in line with that universe, or could things happen he, completely? Oh, it's not. If you're be. him, you're. No, it's definitely not. It, first of all, the night the Night King is a completely different character. I don't know um, who the half the Night King is. So no, the, the, you won't. Like Night the, the Night King nonsense. is just death, and it's a totally different character with a backstory and everything in the books. And the books are so. I mean, he's been writing them for like twenty years or something, and his audience still exists, will exist afterwards, will read whatever mm-hmm. he's written. He's published enormous other books. Well, yeah, he keeps Sin. coming out with like other yeah. unrelated books, so, right? So tell me why the next book isn't. That is a really good point, Melissa. I always, I this is, to me, I, I observed the same thing and I assumed a more negative intent. I was like, he's waiting for them to write the show. And then see how the audience responds, and then mm-hmm. he'll then he'll like put his out because he I know he probably told them yeah. a different ending because I know that he gave them. I think he told them where he's. I think he's told them where he's going. I don't think they're bound by it. I think, and I'm I'm cool with that. Make the best show you can make. I'm also going to read the book. You know. I personally, this was what I was assuming was happening was like oh he's waiting intentionally because he has a different better ending that he wants to do. Mm. But um, oh, so no, I know. I think, I, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that was my yeah. bad intent. But then this makes so much more sense in the sense that like HBO is like, hey, are you willing if we give you this signing yeah. bonus and we have this yeah. handshake agreement, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't know. Because he said that he told them what was going to happen because he recognizes that he's not in the best health, like, you know, physically. And and also is not, you know, like also like what if he gets abducted by aliens? I, I don't say hit by a bus anymore. What if he gets abducted by aliens? Right. And he... Have people been getting hit by buses? I know somebody whose friend got hit by a bus, and then I said that. Oh, oh no. Yep, that'll do not it. Not thinking. <laughs> well, you yeah. live in New York. I mean, shit. Completely not thinking. And then it hit that, well, oh, God, that happened. It hit, all right. Yeah. So we don't say that yeah. anymore. We don't say that anymore. Um, but um, so he told them, he has said that he told them the what where it's all going to lead. 
I just think that if you're HBO, you want to own this complete story and not have, this is what happens in the books. Here's why it's so bad because it's so different than the books. Oh my God, why is it different? Like, you know, if you could, if you could control that for as long as you could, wouldn't but, you? Yeah, yeah, but at the same time, like... I think we also have to consider, just to play devil advocate, that not everyone's like us. Like, we're like little book nerds in the sense that, like, in my head, I respect the canon. Like, there are a lot of people sure. who could care less about the books. You just want the HP, the, who are connected to the actors and the actresses. Sure, but that may that may have been true 10 years ago, Frankie, but these days there'd be 8,000 articles about it. And all you'd hear all the time is what's going to happen next on Game of Thrones because there's a book. It's, you know? Yeah, but I mean, like, I talked to. I mean, I never read the books, and I watched the show. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, I know, I know. But if the way you could find out what's going to happen next on Game of Thrones is because this book comes out, don't you think that's all we'd be hearing? Let me ask you this: Leading up to Endgame coming out, how many articles did you read about what happened in the comics? Oh I, no, because there's no expectation that it's fo- it's not the same thing. There's no expectation that it's following the comics. The way so, no, it's true. It's it's diverged. Do you, do you do you know what all the similarities are? Because it's different already. Like it's not it's not a straight line book book opens first book opens seventh book closes the way this this series the comics are like many iterations over many years and very all al- and alternate t- timelines and, and you know it's it's a different it's a different form. I don't think you know like this story they're telling is not necessarily. The, the one and only story of these characters that have ever been told the way it is for the Harry Potter books and it supposedly would have been for these Game of Thrones books if they hadn't been made into HBO. Hmm. I don't know, man. I just want Ramsey to get whacked pretty good. Uh, I'm not going to say a thing. I want no more Starks to die. <laughs> for, but that, Frankie. That won't happen. Who else? Who else do you want to die? I, I don't want any more Starks to die. I like the remaining Starks. I see. I don't know where you're at, so I can't even comment right now. Yeah. So, so the living Starks include Arya Stark, Sansa Stark, uh, Bran or Brandon, whoever he is, uh, and I guess uh, you know, friggin' Reek or whoever the hell he calls himself oh, now. Theon. Theon. What about John? And what oh about yeah, Rob? no, John. Yeah, John's awesome. And uh, I. I Rick hope. Him? I hope that, uh, that, you know, well, hell, I mean, he's in all the promos to this season, so I know that he's still around. Yeah, some of it's hard to avoid. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited for you watching it the first time. That's wonderful. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. How did you guys like Endgame? Oh, should uh, we not talk about so it? It was a little overhyped good. for me. I mean, it, is this is this the part where, like, people are supposed to turn off if they've not oh, seen it? Oh, spoiler. If you're at the end of Pottercast, we're about to talk spoilers. Yeah, yeah. I guess it is good to warn. Yeah, we probably will talk spoilers because I thought it was a beautifully crafted film. Oh yeah, I agree. It was great, but it was like a little overhyped for me. It, it was, it was, it was presented as like the best thing to ever be on a movie screen. I don't think that's the truth. Um, well, I mean, relative to what? For its genre, who's done a better for, for job of that movie? Absolutely, for a genre. I agree. Oh, yeah. And like, you know, I was thinking about it. For all of the talk of the accomplishment of uh, the first Harry Potter series, and it was a genuine, like, legitimate accomplishment to think that you're going to set out to make seven turned into eight movies. You're going to keep the same cast for the most part. You're going to do it in a schedule that allows the actors not to age out of their roles. And you're going to keep the interest and you're going to build the interest as you go. 
that was huge and that was eight movies and then marvel slash disney were like okay yeah that was very impressive so now what can we do and like they weave like 23 movies together in a way that they put a bow on it with this film and they make more money than you would think possible to make with a movie in just the first weekend it's absurd so it's a yeah, phenomenon it's a, a major accomplishment and to get the reviews and the critics and the and the audience is just loving it and all of the fan service and all of the ways that it was just so satisfying did you guys like the ending <gasps> yeah yeah it was I mean, nice. Yeah, it's hard not to love that ending. Like it was like no. Just surreal. You guys, real quick. I was drawing a Hermione drawing on my tablet and I accidentally hit close without save and it's all gone. You're recording or you're drawing? My drawing. Your recording's fine. You'll all the viewers will hear all the listeners will hear about my sad drawing that went away. Oh, no. oh well. Can we can talk suck so talking Hermione... about matters, what matters. Well it's still in your head, so sketch it out again. So disheartening. It's, it's All right. Realm. Well, um, we are going to go sort some people for our Patreon. Yes. Are we sorting random Patreons? Or are we sorting? No, we're sorting. <laughs> I want to just look at their pictures and just sort Marvel. them no, just by their so avatar. Mean. No, we're sorting some Marvel people this time. We're sorting okay. the Avengers. And the rest right, of y'all, sweet. we'll see you at the same bat we'll channel see you next, next time. <laughs> Not next month. Two weeks. I know. Two weeks. Two weeks. Two, two weeks. weeks. Well, that it next month starts tomorrow. So, oh, God. it's gonna be May. I'm so tired of that. Okay. <laughs> Every year. Yeah. Every year. <laughs> what do we do? All right, weirdos. Keep, keep twiddling, keep twiddling keep dials, y'all. Next password will be. Why, uh, Johnny Depp? I'm kidding. Stark. Stark. He'll take it. Oh, wait, keep each other safe and keep faith. Good night. Good night. I confess myself disappointed. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time. We've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. (laughs) 